We're journeying through this series called Reclaim, uh, loving, leaving, and finding our faith. Uh, looking at aspects of our faith that might need some sorting through, uh, trusting that as we wrestle with what we love and what we might need to leave behind, that God is in that process. And in that seeking, we just might find a faith that is even more what we have always loved. And so this week, we're going to see if we can find something beautiful in a big word, a central word in my religious upbringing, a central word in modern American Christianity oftentimes, and that is this word, believe. Believe is not a new word. It's used throughout the Christian tradition in, which, in the stream of which we are standing and in much of our scripture library, believe shows up. In the creeds of the ancient church, they begin with these phrases, I believe, or, or we believe. And believing, along with its sibling faith, are considered by many to be foundationally important to Christianity. But this word believe, for me, as Crystal articulated, also honestly has been a difficult word for me. Particularly as my you know, childlike understanding and faith began to run into real life and real complexity and nuance and science and all those like little tiny small things. Because in my upbringing, it seemed that believing, in, in, in fact the entirety of faith, was, was completely about offering mental agreement to a set of theological propositions saying yes to a list of claims about God and Jesus and dinosaurs and dancing and decks of playing cards, like whatever it was, whatever was on your list, everybody's got their own list. To have faith meant to try to believe that list and to try really hard not to doubt. That's what faith was. And that list and our ability to believe it or not was the key to everything, to heaven and hell and getting presents from Santa. Like all that came down to believing in my worldview, all those important things. And it was a lot. It was heavy for a kid to carry. And so I come across this verse in, uh, in the Gospel of John where it has Jesus saying this, Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. And I'm just like, that's the whole problem. That's what's troubling my heart is the whole believing thing. That's not helpful, y'all. So that was kind of an adolescent journey for me. And in some ways, it, it continues on in my life. But along the way, as I grew, my adolescent self began to realize some things. Um, it realized a lot of things, but specifically about this that we're talking about today. Uh, I began to realize that I had this very narrow understanding of that word believe. And that really, the story of that word and what it could mean for us was so much more rich and dynamic. In the pre-modern, in the ancient faith context, this word was about a journey and not a destination. But we had reduced belief and faith to this list and totally missed that part of it. This grace-filled invitation that we see in people like Jesus to this abundant way of life in which seeking and questioning and growing and changing are not obstacles on the path. They are the path. See, in Jesus' invitation to those that he met over and over and over again, it was an invitation not to offer our assent to a static set of statements. It was not to memorize a textbook and to do well on a pop quiz. It was a dynamic, interactive, relational invitation to a journey a journey of faith into a way of life. Jesus' invitation was simple. It was, follow me. Follow in my way of life. 
love God and love all that God loves. Learn to trust God and trust all that God has built you to be and is building you to be. It was an invitation to a journey, and a journey is never static. And so for any of us who maybe still carry a little bit of that anxiety of feeling unsteady because of doubt, know this. That invitation of Jesus is not an invitation to certainty. And sometimes certainty can be the obstacle. If we had everything figured out, all we'd need to do was follow our list of things. But Jesus says, follow me. And it is often our doubts and our questions that drive us further in our following and in our seeking and wrestling what that following of the way of Jesus might mean in our times. Those questions and those doubts are exactly how and where we grow. There's a benefit to doubt because certainty leaves us static, but questions lead us on a quest. And that quest is the invitation that Jesus offers to us. So Jesus was always inviting folks on a journey. Um, He couldn't answer a simple question without doing it. Here's this from the beginning of the Gospel of John. Some folks asked Jesus this in in John one thirty eight. They say to him, Rabbi, where are you staying? And Jesus just goes, come and see. Jesus couldn't even answer, like, where do you live without inviting people on a journey with him to figure out for themselves, which is beautiful and, like, so Jesus. Um, But don't try that at the DMV if they ask you what your address is. Don't just go, come and see. (laughs) It doesn't work. Just by experience, I'm telling you that. But what about that word believe, that big, big elephant in the room word? Where's the journey in that? Well, here's where I think it gets beautiful, and here's where I think we can find so much worth reclaiming. So that word believe that appears in our scripture library is this little Greek word, pistuo. And while we often associate belief with intellectual assent, the word in Greek is more precisely to consider someone worthy of trust, to have confidence in something, to believe in someone. It was more a matter of trust, of heart, than of head alone. And not to get too technical, but there's a different construction for intellectually believing that something is true. It's it's pistuo with the hoti clause, for those of you who are following along at home. Uh, But it's rarely used in the synoptic gospels. It only appears like one time in Luke and one time in Matthew and Mark. Instead, what we have is this word pistuo that reflects believing in something, not just believing that something. It connotes something that's deeper than the mind alone, giving our trust, our confidence, our heart. And it's this dynamic invitation, being willing to go on a journey with someone wherever that leads, to believe in them. So here's what I mean. Here's the distinction. I believe in Crystal Stroud, our worship leader here at Open. Some of you may too, right? Yeah, absolutely. I don't know everything about her, um, but I've seen her in action. I've heard her heart. I've heard her wisdom. I've heard her thoughts. Um, I've seen her fashion sense, which is always on fleek, for sure. I believe in her. And so every week, when Crystal takes a moment to share a word with us, uh, I have no idea where we're headed. And Crystal claims sometimes she doesn't either in that, but I don't believe her. I don't know where we're headed, but I'm ready for the journey, right? I will follow her because I believe in her, and I trust that there is life in the direction that she is leading. And so I'll go with her, all right? 
And it's a million times more that way with the way of Jesus. I've seen Jesus' way of love in this world. I have glimpsed a bit of his heart. I've seen a little of his wisdom. I've seen his radical, open, loving invitation to all people. I've seen his awesome sandal fashion sense, and I want that. And I've seen the difference that Jesus' way of life and of love make in the world from the first followers to folks like St. Clair and St. Francis to Mother Teresa and Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, to Bree Newsom, a prophet in our own time. And I have seen that love and that way of life and seeking empowerment and justice. I have seen it lead to life for all people. And because of that, I'm ready for the journey, wherever it takes me. And so I will follow because I believe and I trust that there is life in the direction that the way of Jesus is leading us. That, that believing in is great, um, but even just saying that word belief, I think I'm still kind of in my head about this. There's something even more beautiful and alive to unpack here in this word. And, and so to unpack that, I want to turn back to the word believe itself, this word that sits with us. Prior to 1600, to the Reformation and the Enlightenment that follows, uh, belief had never, ever had a, pers- a, a statement as its object. It was never, I believe this statement. It was always, I believe in this person. Because the heart of the word believe meant something a little bit different back then. And it's there, it's been there in the letters of the word all along. To believe meant literally to beloved something, someone. It meant to hold it dear. Even more than confidence and trust, it meant to beloved something. And think of the difference that that might make in our faith story. To believe in God, to believe in Jesus, doesn't mean to believe a set of theological statements, but to beloved God. To beloved Jesus and the way of Christ. Oh, I imagine telling that to my adolescent self who was struggling to believe that list and trying to be a fan of Tim Tebow and not quite sure how to make sense of it all. Just say, like, no, 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 it's not a list. It is an invitation to love, a dynamic invitation to a journey in which we are called to beloved this way of God with all that we are. And so when Jesus himself made this list, he said that the singular commandment, the heart of our faith life, the central point on which everything hangs, when he lays that out for folks, he doesn't say, believe that God exists and believe these seven things about who God is, like it was some BuzzFeed article. Jesus instead takes us to the heart of it all, and he said, here's the most important thing. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. Love God with all that you are. And then he keeps on going, and he says that the second part of that same commandment, part of that same love, is to love your neighbor as yourself. To love God and to love what God loves is the beginning and the end, the goal of faith. Be love God and be love what God loves. And what does God love? God loves your neighbor. God loves you. And God so loves this world. The invitation is an invitation to learn and to grow in love for God love for others as we ourselves are loved. 
So some days, maybe we're there on the God part, but, but the neighbor takes some work to love. Some days it's flipped around. Some days we've got the heart and the soul and the strength, but our mind is still catching up. But this dynamic journey of beloving, of going on a quest in which the questions are what drives us, that quest begins with love. Love is the beginning of the journey. I mean, think about every relationship that you've had in your life. Um, for my, my wife and I, in the early days of our love relationship, we would just spend hours on the phone talking to each other, asking questions to each other, you know, learning about each other. That's what love drove us to do, was to learn and to seek to know. And there was so much we didn't know. And we still are having those conversations and learning. But whenever we, there was something that we didn't understand or something that seemed complicated, it was love that drove us to seek understanding. It was love that drew us on. And luckily for me, everything that I learned about Lindsay made me love her even more and trust her even more and believe in her a little, even more. And even more lucky for me, of the things that Lindsay learned about me, 70% of them made her love me more. Um, and that's a passing grade. And so I made it with credit at the end of the story. <laughs> but as we learned, we had these lists that we uh, would write to each other. Um, we would have these lists that we would write. And we would write at the top just this word, because. And then we would make this list of all the things that we had learned and noticed and appreciated about the other person that deepened our love for them. And sometimes they would be small, sometimes they would be big. We'd say, because, you know, you have a bird feeder outside your window and you notice the birds. Because you smile at cashiers when you're at the grocery store. You know, because your joke made me snort last week. Um, because Lindsay is uh, sneaky hilarious, um, truly. But those lists that we made, they weren't the sum total or the test of our love. Those lists reflected our growing understanding of the person that we already loved. They showed us more, the depth and the breadth and the ever new wonder. And these lists, in some ways, were a snapshot of that. And it's the same for us on our faith journey. The lists that we have at any point in our life are not the sum total of our love for a God we are seeking after. They are simply reflections of our ever-growing lists of things that we have found that make us say, because because of the person of Jesus who flipped over the tables and sat at the tables with those who felt unwelcome. The Jesus who took injustice of the world to the grave because of the love that won and will win, because God is the protector of the orphan, defender of the weak, who executes justice for the vulnerable and loves the foreigner, because our God is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, because God's mercy triumphs over judgment, because God loves all and all means all, because, because, and my list goes on of what I love and what I am seeking after. And sometimes God in this world make me snort with laughter too, and I need to put that on my list as well, because there is a deep joy and a life that I'm beginning to find on this journey. So the Christian tradition has made lists of things before. Uh, we call them creeds in English, and some of them are nearly 1,700 years old. Creed, that word creed, is from the Latin word credo which we translate, I believe, or, or we believe, which works. Um, that's an accurate translation. But, but credo, credo comes from the same Latin root as cardia, core, or 
heart. And so I think a a more accurate, dynamic translation of this word might be, I give my heart to this. Not just heart like feelings, but heart as a synecdoche for our whole selves, heart and mind and soul and strength. I give my heart to, I love, I beloved. God, the creator and with us force in this world whose character we see in Jesus, whose presence we experience in spirit, who is reconciling this world in a way that brings salvation and life and invites us to be a part. I believe. I give my heart to that. I love that and want to offer all that I have to be a part of that story. So around the, the time of the first creeds, there was the, probably one of the most important early Christian theologians. He was a North African philosopher by the name of Augustine of Hippo. And his method, the way that his theological practice was described, was simple. It was faith-seeking understanding. And that seeking of understanding that Augustine was on shaped our Christian tradition, loving God and seeking to understand more. He didn't describe his theological practice as faith-seeking facts or faith-seeking proof, but faith-seeking understanding. And at times, that faith that we begin seeking with may seem so small. Sometimes it's just the fact that love is better than the opposite and that love matters in our world. But when we start there, when we love that and we seek to understand it, ah, what life God begins to grow, what understanding begins to grow from that on this journey that begins with love. I understand my faith in a different way than I did when I was seven. I understand the Bible differently and dinosaurs differently and dancing differently. I still don't, not good at dancing, but I understand it differently. And, that, and all of that is the journey. All of that is the journey in all our aspects of life. As a parent with kids, everything is different now than it was when I began. When I began this journey with my kids, I read a lot of books with a lot of lists of things before they were born, and I thought I kind of had my head around it, and then life came and smacks you in the face on the way, and I realized that changing a diaper of a baby is a lot harder than changing a diaper on a stuffed animal, which is what I practiced on (laughs) on the way. None of the books could do the loving for me. But something grew as I tried, and I practiced, and I failed, and I questioned, and I wondered whether I was cut out for it at all. And as they grew, I loved them in different ways. At first, I loved them through purees and pampers. And then I loved them through pushing kids on the swing and loved them through patience, so much patience. (laughs) And now I love through deep theological discussions with this little dude, Hudson, about whether he can take Legos to heaven or not. And I just love him as best I can, and it is changing, and it is growing, but every step of this journey, every change on this journey is simply a part of loving with all my heart because I believe in them. And so all my heart is exactly what I want to give, and that is more than I will ever learn in any book, in any list. And so as we wrap up today, I want to share one more thing with you. And I was thinking about this, about this connection between believing and beloving. 
it struck me, this, a phrase that we say so often around here, and that Scripture says that you are a beloved child of God, that as we're seeking to do this believing in God, that God beloves you. The whole time we're seeking to figure out our lists and how to make sense of it all, God is beloving you in all that you are for all you are. God is loving you and me and us, beloving us, believing in us as God's children, giving all of God's heart and love every step of our journey, whether we're still in the pampers and puree or we just need to push on the swing. God is giving heart to us, just like I am trying to do with my kids, beloving you, believing in you. Long before our thoughts turned toward God, God loved us completely. God shaped you and formed you and knows you in the depth of your spirit and the truth of who you are and thinks that you are beautiful and colorful and of sacred worth and profound purpose. God loves you and believes in you. First and far before and forever, whatever faith we find. And so the invitation is not to find something that is beyond us, but to find the thing that has been with us the whole time the love of a God who calls you beloved and invites you to live in love for God and neighbor with all you are. It's hard for us to wrap our minds around. That kind of love seems unbelievable, but it's true. I believe in that. And that unbelievable love is, is why it is so sacred and important what you as a community are doing here. As we gather and in our life together beyond, you are seeking to be a place where people can glimpse and experience and maybe even know a little bit on their journey of that profound love of God that sees them and believes in them for them as all they are with us every step of the way with all that we are carrying. To be a place, an embodiment in our world where love can be in some small way known, and in our questions, not swept under the rug, but swept up into our life together, that our life can be grown together. You are making that beloved love of God something that, that I can see, that I can believe in, and that others can too, and it matters. You bring hope and faith and love into our world as you love each other. So a few weeks ago, uh, our friend Jenny Bates undertook an incredible act of service. She went to an important meeting in St. Louis. It was an important meeting for our continual work for inclusion and justice and love within the larger global church. And she went to that space to bear witness to the love of God and to help as best she could. And in so many ways, she went carrying our hearts and our hope and our story and what she's glimpsed here of God's love. And that week was, uh, was difficult. But I want to tell you that even in the midst of that time, that who you are and what God is doing through you and in you and with you matters. It helped people hope. It helped people believe in the good. So Jenny wrote this reflection that week. She, said, she wrote this to us from St. Louis. She said, I'm writing to tell you first that God loves you. This is the most important thing. She's right. God loves each and every one of you exactly how you are, fully in this moment. 
I know this because I see the love of God through each and every one of you. Through loving smiles as we get coffee, through the hugs and questions and how we are and the greetings during service, through the moments in real talk where we can be open with each other and ask the hard questions, through the singing of the songs that we have written for each other. And she continues later, she says, I am here to tell you that I love you. I went to St. Louis to be a witness. I told so many people about the beautiful service in Denton, Texas, a service that was inclusive and real and loving, a service in a community that wrestles with hard questions, a service filled with people with all kinds of stories that strives to love each other and believes that God loves us all. People took this message with hope, commenting on how amazing it sounded. I told as many people as I could about you, because I wanted them to know it was possible to love God and each other so deeply and fully. Friends, open community, family, you help people believe. You help me believe. These past few weeks, I keep thinking on Jenny's reflection and those words on the times along the way that belief has been hard, when believing in love was hard and justice and hope and and anything was hard. But I want to say to you and encourage you, you help us and each other and me believe. I see God in you. I see God's love in you. I see a community filled with people with all kinds of stories and identities seeking after God, trying to love God and each other. And I see a community that believes that God loves us all. And I see you make that love real in ways small and big. And so if I'm making a list of my becauses these days, you're that list. I believe in all of that even more because of you. I believe in what I stand up and share and what, I, what we sing today even more because of you, because I have seen a glimpse of just how beautiful and trustworthy and faithworthy it is when we try to let our faith be love of God and love of all that God loves, our neighbor, ourselves, and all our world. Who you are matters, and I believe that God in that. And I believe in God even more because I see God in you. I can think of no love more worthy than all my heart and my mind and my soul and my strength and being a part of God's all-welcoming, all-beloving work in our world, in our community, in our time. And so I will follow God with you wherever that journey leads. So as I'm making my list of because each of your names are listed on there. You are my because. And so together, as we seek to love each other, love our God, and love our world, may we be a reason for believing in our God of love. Let's pray together. Gracious God, who loves us. God, that kind of love is is pretty unbelievable. It's hard to have it for ourselves. God, we think the lists are so embedded in us, God, that it's hard to break free of them. But to think that your list begins and ends with love. 
And that before we even were aware, God, that you loved us in all that we are, in all of the ways that you've made us, you loved us. God, belief in so many ways, beloving you is simply waking up to what has always been with us. And God, thank you for that. Thank you for helping us be ever more who you've made us to be. As we love you, as we love our neighbor, as we love ourselves in this beautiful, crazy world that you have us in. Help us to be people who live your way of love in our world as we make space for all people, as we make justice for the oppressed, as we lift the vulnerable and we love those to whom love feels a stranger that they might know and believe what has always been with them. Your love, amazing, fills our world. Let it fill our life and our faith. We pray this in your name. Amen.